Welcome to Logan Amazing Podcast. I will be Logan, and I brought someone amazing with me. Once again, this is Brandon Wofford. He is a wedding DJ, not just now, but for the past 17 years. He is the most popular wedding DJ with Complete Weddings and Events, Kansas City, and the country. And if you look down our reviews, you could always go to Google Reviews. You can go to The Knot. You can head over to Listen360, our major review board, and you'll find that Brandon is usually about one in every three reviews. Just based on a volume alone, he takes on more weddings than any other DJ at the Complete Weddings and Events franchises anywhere in the country. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm so great. Man, you've been doing this forever. Uh, you know, I was looking for reviews on my last podcast. I featured Ryan. One of the reviews I really liked about him was uh, right up there at the top. But what's interesting about going through your reviews is they're all so much... They're all, they've all got these individual stories in them, something unique about them that actually makes them really kind of cool. Um, some of these guys talk about how they change their wedding date for you. Some of these people talk about how they um, have no idea how this ceremony would have happened without you. Uh, but my favorite review that I found was a little bit interesting about a year ago, and you'll probably know this wedding when I bring it up. This review is from a woman named Lacey. She says, My maid of honor had Brandon as her DJ over a decade ago. I remember his stage presence and how well he was with this guest, or with the guests and the bride and groom. To my surprise, while at a wedding expo, I asked another staff member if Brandon was still working for them, and he was. I knew I had to have him DJ our wedding. From our first sit-down to confirm details, Brandon was very laid back. He gave feedback on his expertise and listened to our ideas of how we envisioned our day going. At the wedding, he came over to our head table and offered to get us a drink. He not only offered this service to my husband and myself, but to our wedding party. He played the right music, we requested, and not one song was missed when we had our traditional dances. Brandon kept the dance floor going all night long. Our guests raved about how amazing it was, not only as a DJ, but as a host. We seriously had an amazing time and so happy we chose him for our big day. Thank you, Brandon, for being awesome. You remember that wedding? I do remember that wedding. Yeah. What's it like to think that someone saw you at a wedding 10 years ago and they are still looking for you to DJ their wedding? I mean, it's an amazing feeling, first of all. Second of all, it's kind of one of those deals where you think back, God, I was doing this 10 years ago and and so you, the time flies you know it's kind of one of those deals when you're having fun the time flies by so you think god that was 10 years ago or that was 15 years ago you know so those are the things that stick out the most but music is so different so if this wedding was 10 years ago you would have been playing this out in 2010 or about this review so 2009 was when you would have been at her maid of honors wedding did you remember what kind of music you would have been playing then or if it would stack up to the music that you're playing now? Are you a better DJ now than you used to be? Well, I think when you talk about DJ skills, definitely better DJ now versus then. Uh, lots of practice, lots more studying and those kind of things that led me to be where I'm at today from a DJ side. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you, I, when I talk to clients and we figure out what they like and what they don't like as far as music goes, most people repeat the same thing. We really love the 2000s era. So 10 years ago, that music would have been pretty hot. Today, it may be considered a throwback, but it's still hot. It still holds relevance to where we're at today. And I think it's going to continue to hold relevance for a long time. You feel like the 2000s music is really going to just mix in right where the 70s big band music was doing it, where everyone requests the same kind of music at their wedding. Right, yeah. So I think like, you know, back in the, the old days, if you will, you know, where you had the YMCA and the, all those songs that everybody loved. I think that 
the Yao by Usher, the Get Low by Little John is going to hold its relevance for another 10 or 15 years. Wow. So if you uh, if you were thinking back to a wedding, like from 2009, or if even when you started, we'd say 2003, 2004 was your first In season. that era, yes. Yeah, so right right around that time of Yeah by Usher coming out. Do you feel like Yeah by Usher has been relevant every single year that you've been DJing? I have. I, I bet I've played it. I mean, I think that I've done about a thousand events, 95% of those weddings, and I bet I played it at every wedding that I've ever done. Wow. Every wedding. Every wedding. That's awesome. Yes. That's just got to be incredible. There was, a, there was a term that I bounced back and forth with um, a couple of the other DJs, and it's called the before and after, yeah, by Usher, period. And I, I bring this up to couples whenever we're talking about when to break out that family music. So you have your family music at the front, or your stuff that everybody listens to, and then you have your more personal type music, stuff you and your friends prefer to listen to, maybe not so appropriate for the grandparents. I refer to the difference in these times of the wedding as the before and after Yeah by Usher. As I think this song splits the night in half. And now that you've heard this song, everything after that is that after Yeah by Usher period. You feel like that's still kind of something that splits the wedding or is like, is there just some time in the wedding where everyone turns up? You know, I think that, I think you're right. I think that is the breaking point song. Um, but you know, I try and still, and, and I tell everybody this, I try and cater to everybody all night long. So you've got a song like uh, Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars. You know, it's got that old school feel, but it's still kind of newer, if you will, even though I think it's 10 years old at this point, you know, but um, so I kind of fill out the crowd. Where am I at with the music that I'm playing and that I know I want to get to or that I want to stay with? Um, but, you know, it's not unlike me to be playing something and then go back to, um, you know, a Michael Jackson, Jackson 5 song. So I try and see where I'm at and definitely, yeah, it's kind of that song that definitely sets the, are we moving towards more hip hop-ish or are we staying still in that other song, yeah. those other song groups? Yeah, you know, it's, it can be tough to like bring it back sometimes. Do you have like a safe song that you think like, okay, no matter where I'm at right now, if the bride or groom came up to me and said, you know what, we need to bring it back some, that I've just got a song in my back pocket I can switch it over to right now. You know, I, I don't really, to be honest with you. Um, probably a slow song would be that break in there if, if they were like, hey, let's... I, and I never get that question, so I really don't know how to answer it, so I'm kind of answering it on the fly. But, you know, if I need to, I can always throw in a couple slow songs and then go maybe backwards from that standpoint. Um, I try and stay with my BPMs and raise my BPMs and, and that so forth. So when you talk about BPMs, I like to stay in that 100 to 120 range. Um, so there's a lot of music that you can mix in and out of that. And so I really try and do that. You have, a, you have it down to a science, really. I, you kind of do, yeah. I try and customize each show. Um, I tell people I stopped judging crowds a long time ago until I was right in what I call the mix. And so whatever's working at the moment, I try and stick with. Um, and if nothing's working, you know, then I'll throw in some country songs. If they have mentioned, you know, some of our guests might like country and see where that takes me. And, and sometimes that's it. You know, I don't have that many people on the dance floor. And sure enough, you throw in a country song and you're like, wow, here's the crowd. Here's it, what I've got. It is pretty surprising sometimes. So you don't really, so you don't pay as much attention to reading the ground as you do as to like just kind of understanding how the show is supposed to work and you kind of have more of a methodical approach to it. Uh, yeah, more methodical. I mean, I'm definitely reading the crowd from a standpoint, but I'm not just sticking with, you know, from the standpoint of if this 
hip hop, for example, is working. I don't necessarily stick with that all the way. I may try something different in there to see if it's going to work. And if it doesn't, then I bounce back right to what I was doing to begin with. Do you feel like, so you've met many, many DJs in the industry in your time through. I remember when I trained, I, part of me training incomplete complete was actually watching one of your shows. And it's been that way, you know, I'm sure for a long time for all these DJs we've seen come through. Not only those DJs, but the ones you meet at other bridal shows. Do you feel like more DJs have your kind of approach to the crowd? Or do you feel like a lot of DJs are typically stuck in the just kind of focus on your crowd read and play to it? No, I think a lot more of the other industry DJs are definitely in that BPM and mixing and, you know, trying out different things on the fly to see what's going to work. And if it doesn't, then bounce back. Is where I think I think a lot of those other guys are. Yeah. Do you feel like that like really raises their skill floor of what their or their skill ceiling, I should say, about what they're able to do with the music, whereas, you know, maybe they couldn't do as much if they were just trying to guess and check with the crowd. Right, yeah, I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because you know, I mean, like I said, you can take I mean, um, I can't think of the song off the top of my head, but you know, a Jackson five has a upbeat tempo even though it's older. So you can throw that in and, and you know there's um, DJ pools that have different remixes of stuff and so there's maybe some songs that you're like guy I really like that song and I think the crowd would like it but it just doesn't have that right beat so you can go out and you can find it um, like uh, everybody loves the song tipsy right but there's a good as hell underbeat tipsy remix so you can blend those two really easy by using you know just a different little style of the song itself yeah, I mean, you've really, you've really got to be into it for that. So over the over the time that you've been being a DJ, seventeen years, um, you know, do you focus on like one thing at a time to improve it and then kind of move tasks? I mean, how have you kind of approached becoming a better DJ over this time? You know, I don't, I don't really know to be honest with you. I think really, um, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it's been now. Um, you know, I was the typical show up, play the stuff, play music, play what was hot, and then move on with the night. And so I think the transition was more on the customer service side. So it's one of those deals where I think I definitely try increase that part of it. Um, I think moving up to mixing better and playing different songs um, has definitely helped. And then on the equipment side, which is not the sexier side, but you know, just changing that getting better speakers you know maybe i added a sub this year you know i have totem so it's that kind of different experience that's always changing that i'm definitely looking at yeah so you also make sure that experience changes not just so you appeal as a better dj but also so this this job appeals more to you correct oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and that's great and i got a chance to see your show i showed up as a photo booth operator for one of your weddings and i was amazed at how different our two setups are i mean you have the you have everything all of your lights are integrated in with your sound you have podiums for your speakers that are made of lights you've got the subwoofer behind you with a third speaker on top of it so you can listen to your own mixes i mean you truly have evolved your setup past what you know, most of us over at Complete are usually using over there. And over this time that you've upgraded it, do you feel like having that fresh equipment has just actually made you just want to DJ more? And at the same time, did you have that in mind? Or were you more thinking of like, brides and grooms are gonna think this is badass, they're gonna book me if they see this stuff? 
Yeah, I think it's a combination of everything that you just mentioned there. I mean, it definitely is one of those deals where I wanted something different. I wanted to stand out. So it was like, what's going to make me do that? Um, and and is somebody going to see this and, and, and love it? You know, and on the other side of that, the venue people, you know, when you go into a venue, they obviously have a standard because it's their home, if you will. And so I wanted something that pleased them as well. And so I was able to look and, you know, Dustin, who used to work um, with Complete, he and I bounce ideas off each other all, all day, every day. And so he actually got those um, totems to me via, you know, text or whatever, because we'd been talking about something different than the tripod stands. And so when I saw them, I was like, I got to have them because this is going to be a little different. And then I'm like, I'm going to take it a step further and put lights in them. And then I'm going to get a DMX system that works. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's definitely that keeps me intrigued. Um, I was telling my wife earlier this year, I want to get up lights that work with my sound system. And then she's like, okay, do it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, there's always those little things that make you want to do better. And I think people do enjoy it. If you look at crowds as they've evolved, uh, people aren't just going out and dancing. You know, some people bring glow sticks and they bring their own props to the dance floor and those kind of things. So I think if you can be an attribute to that crowd, then it definitely helps your overall and it keeps your name fresh. Yeah. It, I mean, you really just enjoy the experience. And I noticed that at the wedding that you were DJing is that you would just, I mean, everyone was excited. Everyone was just like dancing into the lights. I mean, it's, it creates a huge crowd effect and it's much cooler than dancing in the dark or just underneath a nice chandelier. Right. It does. It, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so, um, so that was cool. We were talking about though, you mentioned, uh, you know, the impact it has with the venues. That's kind of the next thing I wanted to gear us towards is. So you are the most requested DJ that Complete has, and it's been brought up, you know, in a lot of the staff meetings that we have, you know, this guy's just always dominating, he's always doing it, and you have always been adamant that you want to see us do it. You want to see, you know, all the DJs around you succeed, I mean, you'd like to see other, or the rest of the guys from the franchise be able to complete with yourself on the national stage, uh, and it's difficult. But one of the things that you've always talked about doing is making yourself impressionable to the other vendors that you work with. Um, you know, what is your vendor approach? I mean, how do you how do you handle working with photographers, with venue operators, with wedding planners that everybody else doesn't enjoy working with? Right. So I think the yes man phrase is definitely the one there. Um, understanding from the venue owners what they um, prefer, what they like you to do, how they like you to be definitely is a big key you know you're going to stick out in their mind is one of two ways either a good guy or a bad guy somebody that they have problems with and so forth so um doing this as long as i have i know most of the venue owners are the people who run the venues so that's a leg in i mean it's just time but when i get there and they're like oh hey brandon how are you doing you know and i know right where i'm going to set up and i know where to plug in and i'm not interrupting their day because they're obviously busy so i'm not interrupting their day and and basically taking time away from them from what they're doing i think is a big help same with photographers videographers just kind of going over the timeline of the day letting them know hey this is what i've got this is what i'm going to be doing i won't start anything without you where are you going to be eating at if you're eating you know just simple questions that let them know that i'm there for them versus them being there for me 
I imagine that's been working well for you. Yes. Yes, it, it sounds like it is. <laughs> it works It works pretty well. Yeah. I, the, I get a lot of referrals from that stuff. Yeah. What, well, so the wedding industry is super competitive. You know, I mean, you are competing with every other DJ out there, not just your own franchise at the company you work with, but also all the other DJs in the other industries and things like that. I mean, why are you recommended so much more than everybody else? Well, you know, I think it's uh, twofold. I think one, because I'm out there so much, I mean, again, time and how many events I do definitely helps. Um, I stay fresh in people's minds. Um, the other DJ companies or the other entertainment companies that are out there, I, I think I just get along with them well. You know, I mean, it, there's no ill feeling. I want everybody to succeed. You know, I want everybody to win. Um, so I'm not looking to be better than one than the other. Uh, matter of fact, you know, a lot of those guys, um, I want to pick their brain because I want to know what they're doing, not from a still their competitiveness. I just want to be, um, I want to be able to share what I've gained. So, you know, if we can help each other out, then it's a win-win for everybody. And at the end of the day, the bride and groom are the most important, or the bride and bride or the groom and groom are the most important people of the night. So it doesn't matter who you get, you just want it to be the best day for them. Yeah, what's well, really nice. And so, and so the um, the other DJs, you know, I mean, the the just most cringeworthy thing that could possibly happen to me at a wedding is for another person to come up to me and say, "Hey, I DJ sometimes, and let me let me shoot some topics off you." And they, you know, they're always coming up to ask you at the time when you need to leave and actually use the bathroom or something, just the time you really don't need to be talking to someone else about their DJ stories. But are you the kind of DJ that would actually invite them and say, hey, absolutely, let's talk DJ. Let's talk DJ at the wedding. So I do. Um, when that's happened, yeah, I am that guy that'll be like, okay, yeah, what do you got? I mean, same thing with kids, you know. Kids come up and they're intrigued and stuff. And, and you know, I mean, there's times where you just say, hey, hold on, I'm writing the mix. Let me get right back to you. Or hold on, I got to mix this song. Or, hey, I got to run the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. And, and typically they'll say, Oh, I don't want to bother you. And so I'll say, you're not bothering me. I just got to get this done, you know, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I'm just polite about it. And, and I love talking about this stuff. So it's, again, it's a passion that I love. So anybody that can give me advice or I can get advice from them or give them advice, I definitely love it. Do you have like a moment where you've been at a wedding where you just like realize something or you learn something about DJing? Something just hits you like a ton of bricks at the wedding? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and kind of going back to music selection. So, uh, for example, uh, this is a, a prime example of something that hit me at a wedding. So I was playing um, No Hands by Waka Waka uh, and... Um, uh, somebody came up and they're like, we want to do the Thunderstruck game, you know, where Thunderstruck you, drinking game. yeah, drinking game. And I was like, Oh man, I'm writing this hip hop mix. How am I going to get over that? Well, the DJ program that I use, you can basically take songs and you can make them instrumental or acapella on the fly. So those BPMs are the same. So I was able to start Thunderstruck and go straight to, um, acapella on no hands. Right. So they could hear that beat. And so everybody's running over to grab their drinks and, you know, da, da, da. And then it was an easy transition into kind of that classic rock 
era of music that I do. I like that. So we're, we're listening to No Hands over the guitar riffs of Thunderstruck. Of Thunderstruck. Okay, fantastic. I just wanted to make sure. That yeah. just sounds like an excellent mix. Yeah. We're going to have to get that going after this podcast. <laughs> Holy cow. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so with you learning, and you and you do a lot to teach the other uh, DJs that you've worked with over at Complete, uh, you know, what do you see that, what do you see from new DJs who come into this industry? What do you see that they do, you know, pretty consistently wrong that you find that, you know, those early DJs, it's just a rookie mistake, but this is something you've got to do when you're starting out. You know, I think, you know, I think if you look at um, TV, if you will, um, celebrities, you know, DJs wise, that they are playing stuff and having these huge crowds and everything. And I think some of the younger uh, people come in there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have this huge crowd and people are just going to flock to me and I'm going to be this huge club DJ. And it's not. I mean, it takes a lot of practice, a lot of, um, you know, thinking about music and that kind of stuff and how it flows and understanding how it flows. Um, and then on the other side, um, people think they can talk in front of people and they realize that when they get a microphone in their hand that it's a whole different ball game. You know, you're not just sitting in a room with two or three people. When you have 600 eyes looking at you, you know, you got a crowd of 300, so 600 eyes looking at you, there's quite a bit of intensity in that moment. So I think that's it. Some people come in overconfident and and think that they're just going to run the show and they realize that it's not. It's not that way. There's a lot more to it. Do you feel like when you started that it took you a certain amount of time to become, you know, battle tested and and really feel like you were comfortable? When did you feel like you were actually a good DJ? So I took um, debate and um, forensics, basically, and and um, high school, and so I was used to talking in front of people. You know, I was used to that acting and the monologues and that kind of stuff. So I wasn't. And I played sports, so I was used to performing in front of a crowd, mm-hmm. uh, large crowds. So that wasn't as big of a deal for me. I could talk in front of anybody. Um, the biggest part of me, to be honest with you, was the music, right? Like, I love music. And Absolutely. I love all kinds of music. But it's how are you going to get that music to work for you, right? Like, you're a, a dancer guy, right? So oh, yeah. you have that in your back pocket. Or like Ryan or Jonah. You guys are musicians and movers and on-the-floor entertainers. I don't have that in my back pocket, right? Like, if the music's not working, then we're all looking at each other. So I think that was the biggest thing for me was understanding the music to the crowd, the reading of the crowd to get the music and so forth together. Wow. And so, like, it, I mean, it takes some time because I, I remember that was actually something similar to me. I mean, I knew I love to dance. I love to be part of the crowd. I knew I'd want to do this. Um, but, you know, I really don't know how to assemble this music. You know, for so long I was using the set playlist that, you know, Complete provided to me. This is a Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé, Cocktail Hour playlist. Just play that. Right. Don't don't try and talk to them about customizing it. Just play that. Right, yeah. you know, fair to their game, I mean, it works. At so many weddings, I just played that playlist, followed by the next Michael Bublé set list, or Best of Sinatra, just rolling into each other, 1950s big band mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Hit it with In the Mood, Glenn Miller. Um, and, you know, it's the same at every wedding, but, you know, you present it to them and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got this great set list I've been working on. It's, uh, you know, your throwback jazz and your 1950s and 60s and just just some fantastic cocktail hour music. You guys are going to love it. 
And the couple's thinking, yeah, absolutely, yeah. This, and then you play it, and this DJ's so fire. Wow, he did an amazing job, but it's, it's just a playlist. Mm -hmm. How much have you depended on playlists, or I mean, are you customizing your set list on the spot, or how often are you playing the same music over and over? So my top 200, and, and this is the deal. So I try and, and customize my shows to the crowd, right? right? But it's amazing, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, how much of the music is still the same 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago than it is today. You know, I, I hear when I talk to a lot of people, they're like, I don't want any new music. You know, I want the good throwbacks. Or if it's new, it's okay if it's this or if it's that. But we really don't want to go, we really want to be in that 2000, 2010 era. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a ton of good songs. There's a ton of great songs in that era. And so with the DJ program, uh, one thing that's nice about it, it'll give you compatible songs. And I don't mean that this song sounds like this song, but the BPMs and the keys and all that stuff. So I don't use playlists per se, but I have, I have um, queries set up that will basically pull songs in that are in the same BPM, the same key, and Any then I can scroll, yeah, scroll through those and be like, oh yeah, this is a great song. I'm gonna mix this in. Oh yeah, this is a great song. Cause I'm looking at, on when I'm mixing, about a minute and a half, two and a half minutes. Sure. So I'm, I'm in and out of songs a lot. And so it just depends on what's flowing and what's working. But yeah, I mean, I kind of have those, at the time, this is gonna work, you know, whether it be uh, Don't Stop Believing and I Love Rock and Roll and Pour Some Sugar On Me, you know, that's kind of a set, right? Yeah. So I know those songs are gonna work for me. But a few weeks ago, I had a crowd that wasn't really into dancing per se, but they were all on the floor and they were all kind of singing along. And so I went into those sing-along songs, Living on a Prayer and, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and all those kind of songs. And they were like, oh my gosh, you killed it. That's what we wanted. And the one of the uh, venue owner or managers was like, wow, most people would have just kept sticking where they were at and you changed it completely and went into a whole different deal and they loved it. And I had them all singing along at the end. Feels nice to just change gears and just figure it out. It does. Yeah, it does. Nice. And that's why every once in a while, you know, you get those weddings who are like, we really don't have dancers. We really want like a backyard barbecue music. And so you really get to play some of those older songs or even newer songs that aren't necessarily dance songs, but everybody loves them. It's good music. Yeah, it's good music. Yeah, it's a lot of tough music to play out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, so a lot of the most popular music in these the 2000s is golden era of music that we've now had, and it's it's transcended through your DJing. Are there times of like music, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, you know, other genres of music that are fading out of popularity from where they were before? Or is it just the 2000s is coming into the mix and making its own spot there? So I get a lot of brides these days who are like, we don't want the YMCA, we don't want the cha-cha slide, we don't want the Cupid shuffle, we don't want any of those kind of songs that are the traditional we might be okay with the shout, those kind of songs. So I think those overplayed wedding songs, your traditional, when you think about weddings 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that were the traditional wedding songs to be played. I think those are definitely going out the door. I think your Yaws, your Uptown Funks, your Get Lows, um, Gas Pedal, all those songs that have that kind of clubby dance style to them are definitely where it's at but you know boogie shoes by um 
uh, Stacy and the Sunshine Band, still, I still get people dancing to it. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's one of those deals that that song was, what, in the 70s, 80s? Um, September's another, By Earth, Wind & Fire, that people are going to love forever. You know, so I think there are some songs that are going out, but I still think a lot of them are just still like, stay relevant. There's just less timeless hits at this point. Right, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, someone, so, for example, if someone told me, like, oh, yeah, I love Chris Brown, I'm sure. thinking to myself, like, okay, so there's probably, like, three songs that you're thinking of. Or if you tell me, yeah, you like, um, you know, you like guys like David Cook, who's from Kansas City, and mm. you're thinking, well, you want that song that he sung at the end of American Idol. Right. At a time, best day of my life or best time of my life. And we'll play that at the end of the wedding. It's going to look great. Are there a lot of artists now that are, you know, older? If someone told you, yeah, I love Earth, Wind & Fire. Yeah, I love uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, I love uh, Jackson 5. Are there songs that you're immediately thinking, okay, I don't think you actually like Jackson 5. I think you like these songs. Correct, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Because it's like um, people come up and say, I love Journey, will you play Journey? And so you know that you want to save Don't Stop Believing" for later in the night when everybody's had a few drinks and they're like in that mode, right? So you might throw on Touch and Squeeze and Lovin'. And they're like, no, 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 I wanted Don't Stop Believing," And you're like, I knew that's what you wanted, but... I want to save that, so I threw on this Journey song because you love Journey, but you really were saying I want to don't stop believing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's that's the case with a lot of uh, some of our older artists, but you know, like with a lot of country artists. So you know, I don't have a great understanding of '80s and '70s country. I just don't. Right. I didn't listen to that genre like a lot until I got into DJing. '90s country, 2000s new country, all this stuff. It's really fun. I get into it a lot. But, you know, someone tells me something like, you know, I'd love if you played some Garth Brooks. You know, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to play Friends in Low Places. Right. Great. Now I've just got to think of whatever other Garth Brooks songs you might actually like. Yep. Have you just had to trial and error all these artists so much that you've, you know, eventually found them all? Or were you fortunate enough, you know, you have that just broad library of music you know where you're probably going with it. So a quick background on my whole life. Um, I'm from Oklahoma originally. My dad had a little 20-acre gentleman farm. Um, school was K through 12, 600 students. I mean, everybody knew everybody. So I, I've been a country kid my whole life. So everything from Hank Williams Sr. to Bob Wills to Merle Haggard. I mean, all those guys. Conway Twitty. I know all those guys all the way up to today. Um, but then on the other side, um, I lived in Houston for a while, and I lived in the inner city of Houston. So I grew up with Yo, T Yo MTV Raps, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Tupac. I mean, all those guys. And then for me personally, I'm an old soul. So I listen most days to a lot of Aretha, Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye, um, all those old soul R&B people, you know. And so... I just listen to a lot of music. I'd rather listen to music than watch TV. And so when people name off TV shows, I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if you want to talk music, I can sit and talk with you about any genre there is. Minus like heavy metal, that kind of stuff. It's tough to get into some of those. Right, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but um, so with all those artists back then, I mean, so you have, so you have much better understanding of the country genre. So maybe for more phrase it like this, you know, you have brides and grooms who were younger. They definitely weren't around to listen to 80s and 70s country. Right. And they listen to these songs like Friends in Low Places because their family's always listening to them. It's tradition. You hear them at football games. I mean, this is super popular music. You want this to be at your wedding. But they tell you about other song artists that they like. 
Um, is it so easy to pick out the songs that they like? Or when you're looking through all these artists, do you think to yourself, like, oh man, these are all hits. These are all great shots. These are all great choices. I, I do, yeah. So to answer that question, yes. Um, so when I meet with my clients and we get through the formality part of it and kind of what they want that to look like and the order of events, if you will, um, we divulge into the music and that goes a few different ways. One is you're the DJ, run with it, you know, we like everything. And so then I really start playing with the crowd and seeing where we're at there. Or you get those ones that are like, we like some country, but we're not really big country fans. So then you start breaking it down. When you say country fans, do you mean pop country or do you mean real country? Oh, you know, like uh, Florida Georgia Line and um, Kane Brown and those. Okay, so then I know they're more on the pop country. So I'm going to stay away from the traditional country. If they're like, oh, we like red dirt country, then I'm like, okay, cool. I know where to go with that. Or they like the 90s country, then I know where to go with that. Or no, I grew up with my grandpa and his truck. I know where to go with that. So it just kind of is one of those deals where the, I can ask those little questions without them having to give me artists names and so forth that I can really break it down. Great. So, Brandon, I kind of want to shift gears here. So, let's kind of talk about reviews and, you know, the ones you've received over the years. I scrolled so far down. I mean, I spent a lot of time looking just to make sure I had a good review. Locked in on that one I talked about where the bride had, um, had her maid of honor use you 10 years ago. And I was actually going down looking to see if I could find a review from her. And it wasn't until I got about five or six years back that I don't even know that person's name. So, I have no idea if this, you know, my maid of honor... 10 years in the future, we'll have you as her wedding DJ. So I had no idea how I was even going to find that wedding review. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, we keep going and going and going. Um, and everyone's bringing up your customer service. Everyone brings up that you you go and you serve drinks for the bride and groom, the bridal party. You go help pick up plates. Um, obviously, your customer support has probably been a little bit hampered by the recent pandemic that hasn't allowed you to be as close to clients as you were before. Um, but why is it that all of your reviews are talking about customer service um, even more so than the music? You know, I think because that's one thing that stands out, right? It's like I'm obviously hired as a DJ to play music. Um, that's what most people think as a DJ. Um, you know, and your club DJs, that's what they're going to be. Some of your wedding DJs, that's what they're going to do. But again, about nine years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it was, there was a switch that said, I'm here for five, six hours and I'm gonna play music for two, three hours. And the other time I'm just standing here and it's boring and I'm not doing anything. So I thought, well, the bride and groom are done with their plates. Why don't I go pick them up? Or they don't have a drink. Why don't I go pick them up? And so I started noticing that the more I did, the busier I was, the more the time went by and the better reviews I got because people would say, you know, where can I get XYZ? And I'd say, oh, you know, I don't know, I'm just the DJ. And they're like, why are you taking my plate then? And I'd say, that's just what I do, you know? And they'd be like, oh, okay, sounds good. And then I'd be like, let me go find XYZ for you from somebody who works here. And then I'd come back with XYZ or whatever it was, you know? And so I noticed that people were like, wow, I don't remember the music maybe. I remember everybody on the dance floor, 
but I remember that he was the DJ that got me the drink, even though I was the fourth bridesmaid, and I'm getting married in two years, and that's the kind of person that I want at my wedding. Yeah, I mean, that must, it just stands out entirely. Sure. So you're earning these reviews from these people, and I mean, the things that people write about you are, are extremely kind, extremely generous. You know, a lot of these end with, we are so grateful, we are so thankful, um, he really blew us away, he really blew the crowd away, we're hearing from our friends in the past, or our friends at the wedding are telling us weeks later that that DJ was awesome, needed his information. Uh, I mean, are you keeping these reviews? I mean, how would you even keep tally on all these things? You have, you're getting multiple reviews a week. Well, you know, I, I definitely read them all. Um, it's very exciting, very humbling um, to, re to read those reviews. So I definitely go on the Listen360 and the Nod, and, and I guess shameless plug, I Google myself to see what people are saying out there about me because I'm curious, and if I've and if I've made something wrong, I definitely want to make it right the next time. Um, I tell all my bride and grooms and people I meet with that your day of the day of your wedding, I'm just as nervous as you are. Even though I've done this last night, a week ago, a month ago, 10 years ago, I want your day to be as perfect as it can be. So I'm just as nervous that I want everything to be just as perfect as as it can be because it doesn't matter what I did last night or the week before if I mess up on your day there is no next week we'll do it different or next month we'll do it different I have one shot and I want it to be as perfect as you want it to be and as many of these brides and grooms that, that have been reviewing you and saying all these great things um, you've connected with several of them actually outside of their weddings and so like how does that happen do these brides and grooms reach out to you on Facebook they want to be your friend they want to see you in the future I mean have you made friendships with these with a lot of these brides and grooms that you've been meeting through your time sure I do have some that are, are friends um, you know we don't see each other all the time but I mean they refer me and when we get together you know it's like a big family reunion and so forth I mean it's amazing when you show up at a wedding and they're like oh hey Brandon how are you and hey Brandon how are you Hey, Brandon. And so you get to see all these people. I mean, it's not unlike me to show up at a wedding sometimes and there'll be three or four other brides and grooms that I've DJed for. Um, and so it's like we give hugs and how you doing? And I, I love seeing your pictures on Facebook and, you know, your kids are getting so big. And, and so it's those kind of things. You know, I'm pretty busy guy, so I don't necessarily hang out with everybody that I come in contact with. There's too many. There's too many. I would never have any time. But I do have you know facebook friends that i that i would seem closer to that if they called me or needed anything i'd be happy to do you know um and so you know some of those people are like hey we're donating xyz to this fund who can pitch in and i'm like oh yeah i remember that we had a great time at their wedding i consider them close i know it's a good deal so i'm going to donate to that or you know i'm going to do this for that you know that kind of deal so i think from the standpoint of um, usually after the wedding, if not before, um, some people I have are Facebook friends and I haven't even DJed their wedding yet. And so, um, you know, that's exciting because it's like I get to know them better for the day of, you know, and when we get there, it's like we're already family and friends and we're just all going to have a good party. But um, yeah, so usually after I'll shoot them a, fr a Facebook request uh, the next day or whatever. And if they accept it, great. If they don't, that's OK, too. But yeah, I just try and reach out and let them know, hey, I'm here if you ever need anything outside of this. I just as a giving person. Wow. I mean, that's I mean, you really go the extra mile. Thank you. Um, so the uh, I mean, we have these uh, these DJ get togethers we used to before COVID where, you know, all of us would kind of get together and shoot the shit about, um, you know, DJing and 
work in these weddings and things like this, and you go to all of these, which amazes me because you are busier than all of the other DJs that we have, and you know, myself included, we miss a couple of those. Um, and we get together and we talk about you know the different things we've done. Um, but something that I noticed we never talk about those DJ get-togethers is you know those reviews and you know like who's getting the best reviews or who's got something meaningful. Um, but as I've noticed with you, with Ryan, with myself, with all the other DJs I've worked with, uh, DJ Jonah, who will be on the podcast as well, um, is that these reviews are extremely important to us. And the music is not so much as important. Um, if you had advice for you know, the other DJs or the other wedding entertainers that are, you know, they seek these good reviews, they want to have that same satisfaction, the gratification of knowing that they made an incredible impact on someone's life, how do you go get that review? How do you get these people to actually take the time to write something nice about you? You know, I think it's personality. I think being personable with people, um, shaking their hand, giving hugs. I mean, I don't know how many hugs I give out at weddings. It doesn't matter who it is, you know. Um, there's been weddings where grandma's send by herself at the end of the night and it's the last slow song of the night. And so I've walked up and said, do you want to dance? And grandma's like, well, I'd love to dance. And so mom and dad see that and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, mom was sitting there, grandma was sitting there all by herself and this guy walked over and danced with her. A few weeks ago, I had a bridesmaid that was there who had been overseas teaching kids and I played a slow song and she's like, I don't have anybody to dance with. And I went out and danced and we had this conversation and I learned more about her in that minute and a half, two minutes, her life than I'll I mean, and I remember it, you know, I mean, it's one of those deals. So I think that's part of it. Just being personable and letting people know, hey, I'm here for you, whatever you need. And so they're, I don't want to say payback, it's not a good word, but they're feelings and saying, hey, I want everybody else to know that this guy went out of his way or this girl went out of her way. But um, to do something for me that he didn't have to do. And so I'm going to make sure that other people know that. That's like a really great thing. Yeah. Yeah, super okay. nice, Brandon. Thank you. Don't you just like want to brag about yourself. You know, you think of yourself like, man, I am just so amazing. He's right. This guy interviewing me is right. I'm great. And no. I should tell I mean everybody's kinda know that. No. No, it's super great. So, Brandon, this last year has been a very different year than all the other years that you've DJed and that we've we've gone into COVID, so you had what was called a break. Sure. Um, you know, I'm sure you haven't experienced one of those in a long time. <laughs> no. It was a long period of time in which you were not actually out DJing. And that's crazy. You normally don't even have an off season. And that's an entire only other question. All of us, while we take the holidays off and there aren't near as many weddings, you're still out there going out twice a weekend. Um, But we had COVID this year and it caused you to have a break. And then we get back to weddings and weddings are also different now. You know, we have different kind of restrictions. We have different kind of parameters that we go around. And you are the person who gets along with everybody. I mean, you can get along with venue managers. You can get along with photographers. You can get along with the wedding planner. You get along with the bride and groom, the bride and groom's family, everybody who's there, even though at zero of your weddings that you've been to this year, everybody there was on the same comfort level. Everybody's different. So how have you kind of approached the situation as the DJ in in entering all these weddings as the vendor, the DJ, the entertainer, the host? um, You know, everybody's looking at you for a lot of the time. How are you different at these weddings as you've been before? 
You know, I can't say a lot. Um, definitely wear my mask when I'm in groups of people, you know, but I really try and find out the comfort level of what everybody's doing. So if the venue requires a mask, I'm gonna wear a mask. If the bride and groom are like, we don't really care. If I'm in my booth and I'm DJing by myself, I usually don't wear my mask. But if I'm in dismissing tables and that kind of stuff, you know, I'm wearing my mask, using the hand sand, washing my hands, those kind of things. But I think I'm still as personable as I was before. I'm still getting plates. I'm still asking the bride if she wants me to carry her plate or make her plate. Still getting drinks. I mean, anything I can do, I'm still doing it. Um, short of actually serving the food on the plate, you know, I mean, it's kind of, I'm still doing everything that I did before unless somebody says I can't do it. I mean, that's brave. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Well, thank you. Well, I mean, it's it takes a lot to, to go out there and be like, okay, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone but do everything i can to stay in everybody else's comfort zone exactly and weddings are making a big comeback here next year a lot of canceled weddings from last year are moving into 2021 is your schedule already full i mean how are you looking i think i have 25 if i remember i just booked another one today so maybe 26 um so i'm still pretty full i don't know for sure i would guess between 25 and 30 i lost at the beginning of the year um, and then around June, I started picking back up. Um, with the second wave, I did lose two, unfortunately. Um, but one moved to um, up by St. Joe. And so we're going to still do theirs on the 12th. And I'm really looking forward to it because it should be a good party. Oh, well, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So with uh, 2021, all these weddings are kind of conflicting. Something I kind of noticed about my wedding schedule this last year is where I had weddings that were on Fridays and no Saturday weddings. And what was causing this was the first time the bride and groom's wedding canceled back in April, March, June. They moved it to October, November, December um, to a Friday because right. the Saturday has been taken. And then we get around to here. That Saturday wedding is now canceled or rescheduled. But the Friday wedding or the Sunday wedding they're holding firm. Right, they're yep. not going to reschedule a second time. So they have these weddings that go forth. And you know, the first time around, they have 250 people invited, 250 confirmed. We get to the wedding, they've left our RSVP somewhere around like 175 confirmed. We have 115 show up. Right. I mean, the numbers are just completely all over the board. Sure. Uh, so as far as like the crowds that you've seen, how, how have the crowds been like close to the bride and groom's guesses? Are they, are they getting it pretty close or are they usually pretty off? Usually pretty off. Um, I did one back in, I think it was June up in Topeka, originally supposed to be 150 people. I think when we got down to it, we had 22 people. After the first three hours, we were down to like 10. I mean, it was, you know, very intimate, very, I mean, I didn't even use a microphone because it was so intimate that I could just talk to everybody. Um, so I've had those. I had another one though that was at Stony Creek that was, they guessed around two, 250, and there was every bit of them there. Um, but I think for the majority of the people, they're realizing that if 150 say they're coming, they're probably looking more at 50 to 75. They're about probably half of the people who really say they're coming. So, yeah, I think you're right on as far as overthinking, you know, seven months ago every or 10 months ago, everybody was like, all right, we're good. We're locked in at 220. Now we're down to 100. Now we're down to 50. Yeah. The show. But and so like rescheduling your wedding is more than just, you know, telling the venue like, hey, OK, so we're not going to have it March 21st yet. Now we're going to have it, um, you know, October 20th of uh, the next year and you're just good to go. You have so many things you have to change. 
And so, like, do you think that the the intimidation factor of you know the amount of different things that they have to do in order to replan their wedding just completely outweighs the you know inconvenience of having your wedding during a COVID season? I do. I, I think that's happened to some people that they're just like, I'm not worth doing it. And you know, when you get engaged, there's this. You know, joy, there's this adrenaline of, okay, we're engaged and we've got to throw this big party and we've got to do all this other stuff. And so, you know, you start the, you start the footsteps, if you will, you start the planning process and you start saying, okay, I got a venue and I got this and I got that. And then something like this comes along and basically says, okay, well, let's go and get married today and then we'll have a party in a year when the venue has availability. And then three months after you've been married, for or in three months, you've been married for three months and you're like, okay, now we've got another wave. I'm not doing it again. We're already married. You know, if we wanna have a party, we'll have it at our house or whatever. And so I think a lot of bride and grooms are kind of looking at that. They want that party because it's part of the tradition. They want that reception because it's part of what everybody did in the past. And so I think looking for the future, I think you may run into some of that where people are like, you know, maybe I'm going to save the money and put it on a house or maybe I'm going to save the money and go on a vacation or maybe I'll take a two week honeymoon instead of just five days, you know. So I think depending on what happens with the whole COVID stuff, I think the whole industry is going to change a little bit. Yeah. Do you think this is going to leave a permanent mark on the industry or are we going to try and get back to normal? You know, I think it will leave a permanent mark, but I and, I and I don't know if the venues that have gone out will ever recruit. I mean, it's it's tremendous to everybody in the industry. So I think that may be one of the bigger ones that if the venues can't keep up with the losses, then where are people going to get married at? Who's going to pick up that and take that risk? Well, it's just going to be a whole new shit. So we'll have new venues open up that have, you know, these people who have been in the waiting, they're able to purchase these wedding venues that are all going out and we'll have these newly run wedding venues all over the place for people to get married at. Yeah. But it'll be different. I think so. Yeah. I mean, are there any venues out there that you've been at recently that are, you know, they're they're going down now or are there are they all doing well out there how are we doing so far i I mean a lot of them are still you know holding on trucking i was at one the other day i won't say the name just because i don't know that it's public information but i was at one the other day who said we have one wedding next year and we think that's all we're gonna do we just are gonna get out it's too much of a risk at this point you think people are like still waiting to book on their venues for next year until this vaccine kind of makes it a little bit more mainstream or what are you thinking i do i think from a dj standpoint and a photographer videography type standpoint um i think 2022 will probably be full i think 2021 is still a little iffy because even if a vaccine comes out um in december when they say it is I mean, even if you try and book a wedding in six months, which would be June, you know, it's going to be hard, I think, because of all the reschedules and everything else. So those people who are getting mar- are engaged right now will probably have to look at 2022 to really get a date they want, to make sure everything's good, a little bit of stage fright that, oh my gosh, are we out of the clear or are we going to be looking at rescheduling to 2023? Oh man, thinking 2023 scheduling for a wedding after getting engaged right now. I mean, that feels like forever away. It does. Yeah, it does. And and that's kind of what I'm saying is some people may say, forget it. If I've got to wait till 2023, I'll just get married now at the church and and not do it. So that's the other percentage of people who may look at it from that standpoint. Yeah. So these are just a lot of weddings that, you know, they're just the celebration part of the reception part of it that's getting lost. We're just going to have the formalities of the wedding so we can get it over with and make it official and then move on with our lives. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean, if you look at now, say you got married today, or well, say you got married in February, and you're one of those people who want kids, and so you're pregnant by August, I mean, you're not going to probably want to have your kid at a celebration, you know, at a reception until they're a little bit older, and then what's the point at that point? You know, now you're looking at doing maybe a five-year, ten-year wedding renewal or something. Yeah. So these people who are going to weddings, you know, we have, you and I have both been to weddings now where, you know, you have wedding crowds that are, you know, we're a little bit more shameless about the whole COVID thing and they're, you know, no masks, they're on the dance floor, they're jumping up close quarters and stuff like that. We watch them. Um, But it's kind of crazy because, you know, you see that and you think to yourself like, okay, so it's not very COVID friendly, but... I mean, these people are legitimately going crazy. I mean, they're drinking more, they're dancing harder, they're going crazier. These people have no party life, no nothing, until the only event that actually got scheduled in their lives is this wedding. Right. And so they get to this wedding, and they're just getting absolutely crazy. And some of these, I mean, some of these guests, I mean, you would have no idea that COVID's a thing unless you were thinking, like, you could tell this is a post-COVID wedding because everyone here is absolutely smashed. Right. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. You feel like this is just the trend that we're going to be in for a little while is the only events that people are really able to go to are weddings? I do. And and so Wade and I have talked about that. And I said that basically exactly what you said is that people don't have that release. They don't have that out. They don't have those. I'm going out, you know, last weekend to the bachelor party at the bar. And so this is the night. This is the night I'm going to let it all out. And so and I think the weddings are getting longer. Um, you know, back in the good old days, you'd do a five hour wedding and that would be it. Um, you know, they may start later. Uh, my wife and I were talking about that, that, you know, it seems like I used to get home at two, three in the morning, every Friday, Saturday, you know, night when I DJ and now I'm usually home by midnight. So, but I think weddings are starting earlier. People pregame before weddings plus COVID they're happy to see each other, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I think it's all that combination of stuff but yeah i mean people in 90 percent of my weddings once the dancing starts that's it and they're hand in hand you know cheek to cheek and no mask no nothing yeah i mean once you go hard you can't go back right I and mean, it's just like the boundaries have been crossed yep we're going for it and so you know we we like think to ourselves you know maybe we don't want to be involved in any of the pictures that have you know all these people around you you don't want a picture on social media of you the vendor the neutral guy in the middle of this crowd of people dancing which may not have affected you so much as it affected me not being able to just go busted in the middle of a circle of a crowded room. But we have, you know, basically all this stuff going on in front of Have you ever thought of the idea of like, you know, your venue or your wedding that you're at, this 300 person event, this 250 person event is on the news the next day as the super spreader event. Have you thought about that at all? I do. Every wedding I do. Every um, wedding. Every wedding I do. You know, I mean, I have a family at home, so I definitely want to protect them. I work in the medical field for my my full-time job, so I definitely think about my coworkers there. I think about all the weddings I, I do and not, you know, so yeah. So like I said, when I'm in big crowds, releasing tables, those kind of things, I'm definitely wearing my mask um, because I don't know everybody there like that. And, and nobody knows everybody, you know? I mean, you can get it from anywhere. So... You know, I, but I would rather take the precaution, whether it's true or not, I still am going to err on the side of caution and take the precaution. Brandon, do you plan on doing this forever? You know, Stacy and I have talked about that. My wife, Stacy, and I have talked about that. I told her a few years ago by 40, I think I would like to stop or cut back a ton. 
Um, the break was really nice. I didn't realize how much I needed it um, for, from a family, personal side, and then just health-wise. Um, so looking forward, I think instead of doing 80 or 100 weddings, if I could cut that in 50%, that might be where I'm at. Um, but it's definitely an addiction. And so once I start, it's hard for me to stop because I am addicted to doing it. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, so when I see that I only have 25 shows for next year on the books that's generated, I'm like, how do I get that to 50? You know, how do I get that to 60? Because it's just that adrenaline. It's almost like gambling. How can I get more? How can I get more? Because I want to do it. It's a passion. It's an addiction passion. And those are all weddings, aren't they? There's, uh, are there any other events up there you're doing? I have a company party for my mom's company coming up in a few weeks, but all the rest of them are weddings. Well, I have one high school prom. Uh, I have a high school that books me every year. Every to do single their, year? Uh, yeah, they book me the next Monday for the next year. Wow. To DJ their prom. You know, I've, uh, so I've DJed, you know, several proms, but, you know, back to my high school prom, we always recognize that we hated our DJ every single time, and they always play songs you don't. This is a fantastic end of podcast topic. So we're DJing proms, and it seems that every year the prom song and the song that they want to hear the most is something you absolutely cannot be playing at prom. Um, you know, last year or the year before, it was Mo Bamba. And I am, I am completely aware as why you want me to play this song is for three lines of it that you guys all have Snapchat out ready for. You guys are going to do the meme. You guys are going to do the TikTok, whatever you want to do to it. But guess what? That's literally the reason I can't play this song. And so you're just DJ's loser out there isn't playing the one song that everybody's requesting. You have similar experience at prom or apparently you're smashing it every year. <laughs> so there are a couple schools that I used to do that was very tight. Um, they didn't want kids seeing any explicit lyrics. And so it was very tight on music. This school um, has given me no restrictions. So I can play anything I want. Um, however I want it, that kind of stuff. So you're a cool DJ. So, I, so I'm kind of the cool DJ. Um, you know, I bring a set of extra speakers, you know, the lights, all that stuff. So, um, and, I, and I take my wife with me. So she fields all the requests and she talks to the kids and I'm usually on a stage. And so as long as they aren't bumping into me, I've had kids dancing on the stage to their friends and their friends go nuts. And so that's one of those deals where it's about three hours, but really for an hour and a half, we just go hard. And so there's some intro music as, as the kids arrive. It's hard for an hour and a half, two hours, and then there's a decline. And so, yeah, it's one of those deals where um, it's usually about, I think, five to 700 kids, depending on... That's a good prom. Yeah, and they rent out Arrowhead. Um, so I DJ at Arrowhead. I think at one of the event spaces up there. Yeah, nice. and, um, and so... I'm, I've never been restricted on anything I can play uh, or cannot play, I guess I should say. And so we just go with it, man. We, we rock it. It's almost like being in a club. Wow. It's Do they amazing. have prom on the schedule this year? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, last year we had to reschedule it twice and they finally just canceled it. Yeah. It's on the schedule for April. We'll see if school's back in. If not, they'll request me for the next year. So. Oh, yeah, you got it. Yeah. What do you think? WAP, is that going to be, is that prom appropriate? Can you WAP know, I, when you asked me the question, I thought about it, and um, they... WAP is this year's that song right, that you can't play right, at prom. Right. Um, I probably would play it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, probably would. Oh, my God. And I'd probably be okay with it. I mean, they would probably be okay with it. With some of these other, like, crazy, like, other songs that are popular, right? you have your Lizzo, you have your Cardi B, you have these guys that are just, you know, they play songs that are just wildly vulgar, just nothing but sexual yep. explicitives. 
Um, would you like try and come up with a clean version for it, or would you just go with the explicit one? No, always the clean version. Always the radio edited version. Always radio so edited. It always has to be radio edited. Um, and you know, the teachers, I think, for those bigger schools, realize that if it's on the radio. I mean, what, what are we going to do about it? You know, the smaller country schools are like, yeah, we can still control this crowd of 100. But when you have 500 to 700 kids, I mean, as long as they haven't told me, and, and I listen to them, but usually I just say, hey, I'll be there on next Saturday. And they're like, okay, sounds great. See you then. And that's how it's been for the last four years. Wow. So, yeah. That's a great time. Yeah. Brandon, yeah. I've, uh, I've known you as a DJ ever since I started it complete. I, uh, you know... For if you didn't know, then when I started, the very first day I interviewed there with Ted, uh, you know, we were talking about potential earnings and he was telling me about, well, you know, you could just be a DJ that goes out there and, you know, makes a little cash on Saturday, or you could be like this guy, Brandon. <laughs> and then he just, and this is the first time that I would hear one of the complete staff members just go on and on gushing about you. Uh, and, you know, we get to the point of later on even making a drinking game of every time Brandon Wofford's name is said at a meeting, everybody take a drink. And we're all drunk at the end of the night because this guy's name is heard for every award that you can give out, um, you've won it. So, um, Brandon, you're an incredible DJ. Thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. I appreciate having you. Um, you'll see your reviews all the time online. Um, but before you go... Yes. Um, I know you're on social media, and I know you do a lot of things. So tell me, how do I find more about Brandon Wofford? How do I book Brandon Wofford, the DJ? Well, you can go to my business Facebook page. is at Brandon Wofford. That's W-O-F-F-O-R-D. So at Brandon Wofford Complete Weddings KC. Uh, Google search. That's that's all I use on that front. Uh, my Facebook is just Brandon Walford. Uh, you can Google my name with complete and it'll all come up. Um, like I said, I, I do that quite frequently just to see what's out there about myself, uh, whether that's a good thing or not. But but I come up. Uh, so Brandon Walford, complete uh, KC, and, and you'll find me there if you want to reach out. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Yes, sir. You're welcome.